demonstration of the Spirit and power. And so we're praying that God would demonstrate His Spirit and power in our individual lives. Revival is for God's people. You can't revive something that has not already been made alive. So open your Bibles, if you would, please, to the Gospel of John. And Gospel of John, chapter number 3, I'll, I'll do my best to pray and uh, seek God's face about what He wants me to share. And I trust that you will be praying that God would speak to your heart. Before I read in John chapter 3, I want to give you a verse that we'll use every night or every service, and it's in relation to revival. It's found in the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, and verse number 40, where Jeremiah said, Let us search and try our ways and turn again unto the Lord. Let us search and try our ways and turn again unto the Lord. I, I want to I remind us today that... <clears throat> We who are saved are saved eternally. We're not saved till we sin again. We're just saved forever. And uh, you can only be saved one time. And Jesus didn't say to Nicodemus, Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again, again, and again. But he did say you must be born again. And so John's Gospel chapter 3 uh, if you would uh, like to stand for the reading of the Word of God, we'll read a few verses beginning in verse number 1. The Bible said, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these, these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say I said unto thee, ye must be born again. He said, The wind, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou master of Israel, knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that which we do know, and testify that which we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses was lifted up in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting or have, have eternal life. 
He said, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He, was, he that believeth on him is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not, because he hath not believed on the, in the name of of the of the only begotten Son of God, and I'll stop my reading there, and uh, I, I want to preach this morning on uh, these two words: born again. Born again. Would you pray with us, Heavenly Father? We love you. Thank you for the saving grace of God. I pray for the anointing of God to be upon our feeble lips. Do, do what I cannot do. I pray that you'd bind Satan and all of his adversaries and we plead your blood over us today that you would accomplish your purpose. I pray, I pray if there be one here today that's not sure of, of their relationship with thee, that this day that would be settled. Pray that you might by the Spirit open blinded eyes and Lord, I pray that you'd draw men to yourselves and revive our hearts as believers, we pray in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake alone, amen and amen. You may take your seats. Becoming a Christian is a staggering event. Becoming a Christian is when we pass from death unto life. Paul, writing to the believers at Ephesus, said, And ye hath he quickened, who was dead in trespasses and sin. We were not sick and needed a doctor. We were dead and we needed life. And, and by the way, the Bible said, wherefore as by one man sin entered the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men that for all men have sinned. And so the scriptures provide with us a variety of terms to help us understand what it means to be born again. And so I want to consider some of those this morning. Uh, and the wonder of our, uh, of our blessing should uh, stir us to praise God for his matchless grace. We understand this, that it was divine grace that saved us. And discerning grace will school us. And daily grace sustains us. And departing grace will satisfy. Thank God for grace. We're saved by grace through faith. Now, there's, some, there, there's a lot of people that are religious but lost. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7, verse 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Could I say there's a lot of folks who know the language but do not know the Lord. They, they, they've had a religious experience, but they haven't been born again. And so let us search and try ways and turn again unto the Lord. And so we read in the book of Acts chapter 16 and verse number 31 where Paul and Silas is in jail at midnight and, uh, and uh, there, there's an earthquake that comes and the Philippian jailer comes out and was going to uh, uh, take his own life and uh, Paul and Silas uh, cried out, uh, do thyself no harm, we're still here. And he came in trembling fell before, before Paul and Silas and said, uh, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
and, and, uh, and they said, Acts 16, 31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Now, could I say, it's more than giving a mental assent to it. Uh, there's some folks going miss, to miss heaven by about 18 inches, the distance between the head and the heart. The Bible said, for, the, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. But you cannot be saved without believing. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so it points to the fact that God has delivered us from the, the penalty of sin. We who were on our way to hell without hope and without help, God extended his mercy and God gave us grace and, we, and he drew us to himself. And by the way, no one gets saved against their will. But you don't get saved anytime you want to. You only get saved when God the Holy Spirit begins to woo and draw as he opened, as he opened Lydia's heart in Acts chapter number 16. I recall the time. Do you remember a time and a time in your life when you passed from death unto life? It was over 62 years ago for me. It was on a Friday night, and, and the preacher man preached on the second coming of Christ, and he said, if you were to die tonight, do you know you'd go to heaven? I didn't know that. He said, if the Lord were coming tonight, are you ready to meet him? I knew I wasn't ready to meet God. But listen, it wasn't my girlfriend that told me that. It was the Holy Ghost of God that did that. Now, I joined a church when I was 12, I joined a Methodist church because a preacher asked me to. I didn't know anything about, uh, about God, didn't know anything about the Bible, but my best buddy was going to join the church the next day. And so the preacher came to our house and said, uh, Donald's going to join the church tomorrow. thought maybe you'd like to join. By the way, there's a lot of folks that's done that. They've joined the church. I joined the Methodist church, went through their sprinkler system, went through their catechism classes, lost as a ball in high weeds. But that night, June 14th, 1960, on a Friday night, I'm sitting there listening to the man of God preach. Spirit of God came to where I was and whispered in my ear and said, whosoever will may come. And I said, I believe I will. I came, I came from there to here, and when I knelt, the blood fell. The Lord Jesus saved my soul. And by the way, I'm saved eternally. Amen. Somebody said, well... In fact, yes, I was down in Isla, South Carolina, uh, leaving a motel, headed over to a, a, a church I was going to preach in that night. And a lady come walking up in the, uh, into the parking lot, and she saw uh, us carrying our Bibles and said, you, are you folks going to church? And, and, and we stopped and chatted a minute and said, yes, that's where we're going. I'm preaching down here. And, and here's what she said. She said, I, I've been doubting my salvation for 29 years. And she said, I've been looking for a feeling. Looking for a feeling. A lot of folks looking for a feeling. You're not saved by feeling. You're saved by faith. I told her that. And here's what she said. She said, I got it settled this morning. I got born again this morning. Over 29 years of doubt about whether you'd go if you died. Listen, no need to doubt him now. When you trust him by faith, he, we pass from death unto life. And so, he, and so he talks about the matter of, of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 1, and you have to quicken who was dead and trespassed in sin. Oftentimes, the actual experience of salvation is said to be by 
believing. In John chapter number 3 and verse 14, he said this, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And so it's a matter of believing in it. It's not giving a man last sin. It's believing in my heart. For with a heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. This clearly underlines the fact that salvation comes only through the act of faith in Christ. Uh, there's, and by the way, when you doubt, when you doubt, most of the time you're doubting the fact maybe you said uh, didn't say the right words or maybe you are uh, uh, some, some other doubt that you have. Could I say to you, if you have any desire at all to trust Christ as your Savior, God the Holy Spirit has already been working in your heart and churning in your heart and drawing you to himself, but he doesn't save us against our will. And it's a matter of believing. It's, uh, it's, it's not just a given a, going through a one, two, three, pray after me. It's a matter of trusting Christ. That clearly underlines the fact that salvation comes only through the act of faith in Christ. So what is faith? Faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, again, the Bible said in Hebrews eleven six, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. But we also read, we also read in the Bible that, uh, that being born again is also being converted. In the 18th chapter of the book of Matthew, I want to read that verse for you, Matthew chapter 18. And let's look at verse number 3. Matthew chapter 18 and verse number 3. And Jesus said, and he said this, Verily I say unto thee, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. And so being born again is, is by, by believing and by being converted. By this we, we see that God has turned us around. And, and could, could I say it this way? That turning from sin or turning to God from sin, that is an act of repentance. Repentance is a change of mind, change of heart, change of direction. Jesus said, straight is the way, straight is the way, and narrow is the path. Could I say to you, somebody said, well, that would sound like it would be kind of limited on that narrow path about how many could get saved. I want to say to you, it is broad enough for whosoever will. Amen. Amen. Those who come to Christ. I'm going somewhere. Just let me give the introduction. I'm saying we find the matter of turning to God. In the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 9, it describes a movement in the direction of the one who exceeds anything in our previous experience. We're moving in the direction to God. We came to God. You don't get saved by proxy. Salvation is a personal matter. Being born again is a personal issue. I can't do it for my daughter. I, listen, my wife couldn't do it for me. Preacher couldn't do it for me. It is a personal matter between you and God. Now, could I say there's two people that know about your relationship with God. That's God himself and you. And so you knew deep down in your heart whether you passed from death into life. If there wasn't any change, you didn't get saved. 
the Bible said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. And so the Thessalonians had turned to God from their evil. And by the way, we're living in a wicked, ungodly day. So much satanic activity going on in our nation. So many things that's so unnatural. And there's people today that profess to know Christ that's embraced much of that. Come back with me. I'm saying, we, we think about, when we think about being born again, it's not only about, about our being saved and believing and being converted, but it describes our turning to God. And then it also, the Bible describes our being born again as the experience of regeneration. We've been regenerated, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost in the book of Titus 3 and verse number 5. That means that we are now in a completely new state. I passed from death unto life. I'm a child of the king. Uh, largely in the writings of John, in the writings of John, Although it's not just limited to John, we find the description of being born again, or being born again. Brother Sammy Allen said, we ought to start asking folks when they got lost. You can't get saved until you get lost. You see, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And if you not, don't acknowledge the fact that you're lost, you can't be saved. Christ died for sinners. He died for the, for the lost. And so I, I, I'm reminded of this. This is a means by which God communicates new life. That life is his life that he communicates to us. And it, by means of this spiritual birth, God gave us new life. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. I have a new life. I, I'm headed in a new direction. I have a new desire in my heart. I want to please him. I don't have to go to church. I get to go to church. Why? I'm a child of the king. And it's just as normal as water running downhill for those who are saved by the grace of God to want to be a part of a local assembly. Amen. Stay with me now. I'm saying uh, the spiritual birth, it, it gave us new life. It's his very own life. It's eternal life. It's not life until I sin again. I've, I've met folk along the way, and I said, uh, have you ever been born again? And here's what they said. They said, I, I've been born again several times. And I know by that that they don't know what they're talking about. Because you get born again one time. Somebody said, if I believe that, I'd live it any other way I want to. No, if you believe that, you'd want to please God. If you, if you believe that, you'd want to be obedient to him. And so we just have one daughter. And when she was born, we didn't have to go back to the hospital or the doctor to pick up an appetite two or three days later. That came along with the birth. And could I say to you, when you are born again, it means that you're born from above. Amen. And God gives us a new appetite. Amen. We love... The first John 3, 14. And we know that we pass from death into life because we love the brethren. We love to be with God's people. It's a part... Now, I have four brothers and one sister that's still living, and uh, I don't hear from uh, them very often, but we have the same bloodline 
But I, 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 I say to you, when you get born into God's family, I was, in, I was in Maryland last Sunday and I found a whole group of people who are part of the same family that I'm, I'm involved with. And so go from church to church and I find those who pass from death into life, they love God's word, they love God's people, they love to, they love to worship the Lord. That that's came, came with the birth. Now, uh, but this birth is God, by this birth, God gave us a new nature. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 4. It is a divine nature. It is God's nature. We have therefore two natures, not just one, but we have two. Some popular preachers today preach the fact that when you get born again that the old Adamic nature was eradicated and you just have a new nature. That is heresy. Can I say to you, when you get born again, you still have that old Adamic nature that loves to sin. That's why the Bible said, uh, no, the songwriter said, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. I'm saying to you, your flesh didn't get saved when you got saved. It's still as rotten as it ever was. It still loves to sin. And you said, well, I don't sin. Well, let's see how that works out. The Bible said, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. He said, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Amen. How we doing? I, I'm saying, he said, the thought of foolishness is sin. I'm reminded today that we who are saved by the grace of God are just saved sinners. And we sin, we sin every day. And that's not pleasing. So we have an old Adamic nature, a whole sinful nature that we received from our parents when we were born physically. But now that we've been born again, we have a new nature that we receive, uh, that we receive from God, which is God's and which cannot sin, 1 John 5, 18. You cannot sin with the new nature. So any sin that you commit is with the old nature. Amen. And so there's a constant battle that goes on in our lives between the flesh and the spirit. That, and, and so that's why we need to have certainty in our heart about our relationship. But the new birth, by the new birth, uh, uh, God also bestowed upon us a new status. We are God's children. I am God's child. The Bible said as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And he said in Romans 8 and 9, he said, If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I'm reminded that when you got, if you got born again, the Holy Ghost moved in. The day, instantly, the day you got saved. He is a convictor. He is not an accuser. The devil is the accuser of the brethren, and he accused us before God day and night. But the Holy Spirit does not accuse us of sin. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. And so you won't have to guess about the sin in your life. The Spirit of God will make you know it. And so how are we going to have revival? We are to search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. That is repentance. That is a matter of restoration of fellowship. Amen. When, we're, when we obey the word of God. And, and so by the new birth, we, are, we have a new status. We're God's children. And so the definition children emphasizes that new relationship that we have with God and it's, it's uh, forming a part of the family of God. And so the description sons 
John 1, 12, but as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. We're children of God. We're sons of God. We're in the same family. And, and so I see, I, I see the sons emphasize the dignity of our position and the need of God's character to be formed in us. We belong to, now I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. Not for the years of time alone, but for eternity. And so the Apostle John describes a new birth uh, variously as being one, born again, born again, which is, can be translated being born from above, or being born of God, or being born of the water and of the Spirit. And by the way, I want to remind you that when he speaks of being born of the water and the Spirit, he certainly is not talking about baptism. You're not, you're not saved by the water, and you're not saved by the wafer, and you're not saved by wonders, and you're not saved by works. If it was by works, how would you know when you had worked enough to be saved? No, no, it's not by works. It's by grace through faith that we're saved, and when we get saved, we're sealed with the Holy Ghost under the day of redemption. And so these expressions direct our attention to the experience of being born again, the source of being born again, and the means of being born again. And so I'm going to deal with those three little areas. Being born again as an experience is to start a totally new life. That is to begin again. That is this. Our Lord helped Nicodemus to understand that this is a spiritual birth. It's a spiritual birth and not a natural birth. And, and so, in other words, it is something that God does inward. And by the way, God has no secret disciples. If you, Dr. Lakin would say, if you get a good dose of old-time religion, it'll be like the measles. It'll break out on you every once in a while, and you won't be able to help it. Amen. But it is an inward work. It is an a, a inward work. And by the way, this is not that what God said in Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in us will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. It was an inward work. It's an infinite work. It's an incessant work. And by the way, he works in our heart. And, 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 and I'm, I'm reminded of this, that... Uh, that being born again as a spirit to start a totally new life, our Lord helped Nicodemus understand that. And so it does not, the new birth does not alter the outward appearance. Hold on. If you were ugly before you got saved, you'll still be ugly after you got saved. But I tell you what it does. It starts on the inside. God does an inward, unseen work in the heart that will be manifested on the outside. It won't remain unseen. Amen. They took knowledge of Peter and John that they had been with the Lord. And they ought to be able to take knowledge of you and I if we say we've been with the Lord. And so let me say a word about it. It does not alter the outward fleshly, uh, the new birth, does not make you suddenly good-looking or beautiful. I say, but far more important, uh, it, it puts the very life of God in us. 
And uh, it'll change the entire way you live. So the new birth. Have you been born again? In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5, Paul is talking to the believers at Corinth and he said, examine yourself. And so that's what I'm asking you to do on the authority of the Word of God. So being born again is an experience that God, the Holy Spirit, does in heart. Secondly, being born again, it means to be born of God. It identifies the source of the new life. It's not, it's not, a, it, it's not you're, you're not going to heaven because you joined a church. I don't care what the brand is. You, you don't go to heaven by just joining a church. Now, I believe this. I believe if you are born again, you ought to be a member, a part of a fundamental Bible-believing church. Now, let me say this also. I do not believe you have to be a Baptist to be saved. But I don't think there's anything wrong with going to, going to heaven first class. I'm, 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 I'm saved by the grace of God. I am Baptist. I'm independent Baptist. But before I became Baptist, I became a child of the King. I'm joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And so I'm, I'm, I'm talking about that here's the source of that new life. Eternal life is not derived from earth or in anything, any way related to mankind. But I say it, is a, it has its origin in God alone. Jesus Christ suffered all hell for all sinners for all eternity that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Not only did Jesus come to seek and to save that which was lost, he said in the book of John chapter 10 and verse 10, he said, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. And so there's a difference between life and abundant life. May God help us. May God help us to aspire to live an abundant life for the glory. That is a spirit-filled life. That is a life that is controlled by God, the Holy Spirit. And so I, I see this. Eternal life, not derived from the earth or anything from mankind. It has its origin in God alone. Our spiritual, our spiritual birth is not of blood. John chapter 1, verse number 13. It has to do with... Uh, uh, or it, has, it has nothing to do with some particular line of descent. Uh, my, my parents, uh, we didn't go to church. I believe my mom was saved. She died at 53 years of age as, after suffering cancer for 22 years. My daddy lived to be 89. As far as I know, my daddy lived and died without God. He said to me, as I tried to talk to him about the Lord, uh, about his need of the Lord, and he said, if it's left up to you to tell me how to be saved, I'll just go to hell. And I said, I'm sorry you feel that way, but you'll never be able to say no one ever told me. I, I, I'm sorry to even have to say that, but I'm saying it's not, I, I'm not a Christian today because of my lineage that way. I'm, I'm a child of game because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so our spiritual birth is not of blood. It has nothing to do with a particular line of descent. It was not of the will of the flesh. Your flesh doesn't desire it. Uh, it's not the will of the flesh. That is, that is, it did not come from any product of human desire. Uh, again, it was not of the will of man. That is, it did not result from human design. I, I'm saying John insists it is only of God. Amen. Can I say it again? 
God, he said, it's only of God. We're born of God. We belong to God. We're born of the Spirit. We're children of God. And it's God that works in us. I say to you again, uh, it's of God. Nobody has ever been born again as results of religious association or religious ceremony. There's, there's multitudes today that'll sit in churches and if they die today, they'll go to hell because they're depending upon their, their, their religious uh, identification being a member of a church. You don't go to heaven because you're a member of a church. You go to heaven because Jesus Christ indwells your heart that you're, you're a child of the Lord Jesus. And so it, nobody has ever gone to heaven or nobody's ever been saved as a result of religious ceremony or of any human progress or effort. The new birth, hear me clear, the new birth is a sovereign act of God. In John chapter 5, verse 39, the Bible said, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and there they which testify of me. Verse 40, and ye will not come to me that you might have life. He didn't say you could not come to me, but he said you will not. And so God gives you a choice. And he never saves anybody against their will. I'm saved not because somebody forced me or somebody pressured me. I, I'm saved because I wanted to be saved. And God put the want to in my heart. It's a sovereign act of God. And, and notice the last little thought this morning. The Lord Jesus spoke of water and of the Spirit as the means by which the new birth is effected. Now, notice some of this. We can be certain that the Lord did not intend us to understand that water as being a sense of baptism. And, but baptism always follows conversion. If you went through the baptismal waters before you got saved, all that happened was that you went in the water as a dry sinner and you came out as a wet sinner. So, baptism is a picture of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when you get born again, we ought to be baptized as an outward demonstration of what God has done in our heart. So, but you're not saved by baptism. Baptism is an act of obedience to the Lord. I'm doing what God wants me to do. And so baptism always follows conversion in the New Testament. It never precedes conversion. The Ethiopian eunuch, after he got born again, as Philip dealt with him, he said, see, here is water. What hinders, thou, what hinders me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And they both went down into the water, and came, he baptized him. I'm saying it's an act of obedience. And so baptism always follows conversion, and it never precedes conversion. Water often in the scriptures are symbolic of the scriptures. John chapter 15 and verse number 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. We're, that's why we all read the word of God every day. Our life ought to be saturated with the word of God. And then again Psalm 19 verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. And then in John 17 and 17. Sanctify. He's talking about, he's talking about sanctify. I better read that. Sometimes I get that verse crossed up. And he said uh, in verse number 17, he said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. That is uh, the matter of the cleansing agent. 
as a young Christian, I'd read my Bible, and I said to a preacher friend of mine, there's a lot that I don't understand when I'm reading the Bible. He said, just keep on reading. Just keep on reading. Why? He said, this word is a cleansing agent. The word of God's a cleansing agent. So I can't say to you that I understand everything in this book, but I believe every word of it. And God has shown me his truth along the way. And so how can we be certain that the Lord did not intend it to be uh, be understood as baptism. It means cleansing. The Word of God plays a vital part in the new birth. That's why in our witness we're to give out the Word of God. It is quick and powerful and sharper than any two of sword. No one gets saved apart from the Word of God. No one gets saved apart from the Spirit of God. And no one ever gets saved against their will. Notice with me this. I've got folks, if I could get saved for them, I'd get, I'd get on my knees just now and I'd get saved for my brothers and for my sister. I'd get saved from a lot of, for a lot of folks that I know of that's lost. But I can't do that. I can pray for their salvation. I can pass out a track. I can witness to them. But only God can transform a person into the place where he's born again. And so in James chapter 1, let me read it for you. James chapter 1 and verse number 18. I read, and the Bible said in, in James 1 and 18, he said, uh, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be the kind of first fruits of his creatures. Of his own will begat he us. And so apart from the word of God, apart from the word of God, man is ignorant about his spiritual condition. I've heard them say, well, preacher, I'm good. I, I, I live morally. I pay my bills. I, 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 I'm not hurting anybody. Good people go to hell right. if they've never been born again. I, I, I say to you, moral people go to hell if they've never been born again. And so the Bible said today is a day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. James said, what is your life? It is a vapor that appears for a little time and then it vanishes away. Could I say, Paul writing said, uh, he said, and as is appointed unto men once to die, but after this said judgment. There's an appointment we all have with death. I don't know when that's going to take place. I'm looking for the rapture. I'm trusting Jesus to come, and he could come any day. And for those who have heard the gospel, when Jesus comes, they'll be left behind. And you said, well, I'll get saved after the rapture. No, 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 no. You'll be sent a strong delusion that you'll believe a lie. And if you don't get saved in the day of grace, you'll end up in hell where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And so this is why it's important for the word of God to be preached wholly and to be preached fully and to preach clearly. And so then again, the new birth is also, the new birth is also of the spirit. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. When I was, when I was sitting there that night, over 62 years ago, the buildings filled. I'm sitting close to the back. There was, a, there was a troubling spot in my soul. I recognized that God was dealing specifically with me. And by the way, God makes that known to you. God makes that known to you. And you know, I, I'm, lost. I'm, not, I'm not sick and need a doctor. I'm dead. I need life. And the Bible said, uh, John 6, 37, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and he that cometh to me, them that come to me, I will in no wise cast out. The Lord has never rejected. You said, well, I want to wait till I get my life straightened up. You know, no, 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 no. No, no, you come just like you are. And, and with a willingness to trust God, 
to save your soul and seal you to the day of redemption. And then the Lord begins to work in our... Could I illustrate one point? When I got saved, my brother-in-law and I loved stock cars. I went to the... I, I lived in, in the Lakeland, in, uh, Florida area. There was a, a speedway in Tampa, Florida. My brother-in-law and I would go on Friday night to the stock car races. We wasn't involved in any gambling. We wasn't involved in any immorality or drinking or drunkenness. And uh, I was sitting there one Friday night, and my brother-in-law sitting beside me, and the Spirit of God said to me, would this be a place you'd like to be when Jesus comes? And God smote my heart. I told my brother-in-law, I said, we need to go. And we left before the race was over, and I've never been back. Amen. You see, I don't want to be identified with something that's displeasing to God. Right. Who told me that? My brother-in-law didn't tell me. My preacher didn't tell me. But the Holy Spirit who lives in my heart was grieved because of my misrepresenting him. Right. And, and, and I say, you know we passed from death to life as God begins to change us. And so it's, it's by his divine power the operation of the, of the spiritual change is accomplished. The Holy Spirit takes his abide, his residence in our life, and we are born of God. We are born of God. The Word of God needs to be preached in power. The Lord emphasizes the absolute necessity of the new birth. In John chapter 3 and verse 7, you must be born again. And without this, there can be no seeing or entering into the kingdom of God. In, in the epistle of John, we're reminded that, there are, that if we're born again, there will be a evidence. Now hold on a minute. If we're born again, there will be an evidence. There will be an evidence that we have a new life. The new birth changes the way. The new birth changes the way we think. It changes the way we live. It changes so dramatically that the new birth cannot be unnoticed. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. And, and so I, I, I say, if there is no evidence of new life, then we have every right to doubt the existence if there's no evidence. Jesus said, by their fruits ye shall know them. Everyone that is born of God practices righteousness. That's what the Bible said in 1 John 2 and 29. The true Christian does not continue in sin. Something wrong with a person who said, I got saved 20 years ago, and then they've lived a drunkard's life and a dope, as a, dope, a doping life for the last 20 years. Something wrong. No, no, no. I, I, I say, where's the evidence? Where, where is the evidence? If you've been born again, where is the evidence? And so the true Christian does not continue in sin. Oh, yes, we're capable of sinning, but we ought, we'll be sinning less because we're children of the Lord. The new birth brings a new attitude about sin. We don't want to displease God. Now, I'm not, I'm not fearful of going to hell. You listen? I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not fearful about going to hell, but I am fearful of dishonoring His name. I am fearful of getting out of the will of God. I am fearful to displease the Lord. I, I want to please Him. In my heart, 
I have a desire to please him. We've got too many people that are trying to impress God, but you can't impress God. How can you impress someone who knows everything, been everywhere, knows all about you? No, you can't impress him, but you can please him. May God help us to please our Heavenly Father. And so another evidence of, of the new birth is that we'll have a love for others, a love to be with. And somebody said, well, I can be just as good a Christian and out here on the lake, in the boat, or in the deer stand as I can. Uh, no, no, that's the impossibility. We, we, we assemble together to worship our God. And we come together, we share our burdens, and we sing praises. Under, it's not about you, and it's not about me. It's all about him. It's about the Lord. And it was Jesus who said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And he does that joy. And so, uh, again, to be found with the people of God is one of the fondest joys that I know of. It, it says we have discovered the fellowship of God's family. And, again, we can overcome the world, First John 5, 4. And, and he said, And this is a victory that come, overcometh the world, even our faith. We have faith in our God. And so, uh, listen, we overcome the world in that we no longer are compelled to conform to its indulgences or its lust. If you're saved, you ought to walk right. You ought to dress right. You ought to live right if you're saved, if you're born again. Now, notice this. We have the witness of God in us. So, you say, are you saved? I say, I'm saved. And the Spirit of God in, that indwells my heart said, Amen. I was there when it happened. Yeah. No one gets saved apart from the Holy Spirit's ministry. So the question is, are, are you born again? Then say, are you a good moral person? Uh, you live a clean life. I, I didn't say that. I said, are you born again? Do you know for sure that if you died today, that heaven would be your home? I, 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 say, I say it this way. We have the witness of God within us. We know that we are different inside. We have a God-given assurance and conviction that we are born again. We are born again. And although we do not know maybe as much Scripture as the next person knows, you can go to heaven without knowing a lot of Scripture, but you cannot go to heaven without knowing Jesus. I, I, I say... The blind man, the man was born blind in John chapter 9 when questioned about what happened to him, how he received his sight. He, he, he said, whether he, speaking of Christ, said, whether he be a sinner or no, I, I know not. But one thing I know, that wherein I was blind, now I see. There was a difference made. And so may God help us to live in such a way that the life of God, which became ours the moment of the new birth, dominates in all that we have and all that we are. Are you born again? To be born again is assurance of heaven, being born again to be in the family of God. And so the Bible said in the book of Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 4, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. And what was his purpose? To redeem us from the bondage of sin. So he came to redeem us from the bondage of sin. He came to receive us into his family as his children. And he came to ready us for the second coming of Christ. I, I'm convinced that some people 
are not excited about the second coming of Christ because they've never fully understood the first coming of Christ. Jesus left the portals of glory, took upon himself a robe of flesh, set his face like a flint to go to Jerusalem, and there went to Calvary and died in your place and mine that we might have life and have it more abundantly. If today should be the day when the Lord Jesus comes again, would you be left behind? If you were to die today, do you know Jesus is your Savior, is heaven your home? It's the most important issue in your life is to be born again. Would you bow with us in prayer?